about to show about D.A.R. Are you with me? It's show time. The host fine. We smooth like wine. And I'm looking at my watch. It's about that time. We just make you want to dance all night long. You are now tuned in to D.A.R. Sports Media, the wrestling podcast for people who go outside a uh, little bit more quiet week in wrestling this week, but from some of the things maybe we'll hint around about that we've heard, uh, I don't think things are going to stay quiet for too much longer. We are on the mm-hmm. precipice of quite a few interesting news pieces will coming in the few coming weeks. But for now, this week, I don't know. So we've this subject has been has been at the forefront of a few episodes. And this feller just keeps providing us with more material. I, How many times have I said it? How many times have we said it? I don't know what it's going to take for people to realize that this guy, Meltzer's fucking brain, is rotted. And he is not to be taken with any amount of fucking seriousness anymore. And I just don't get it. This week he's 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 comparing he's comparing John Moxley to fucking Riddle as if there's nothing else abnormal about Matt fucking Riddle and the situation. Dude. And saying it's it's similar to, to to Moxley, which is just the what do you even fucking call that? What even words do you use to? I don't. I feel like, you know, I would say it's a, it's a credibility shattering fucking idiocy thing to say. But at this point, I just don't know what normal, non-sycophantic fucking people would give him any credibility in the first place. Like, you can't destroy his credibility anymore with anybody fucking normal. So, and anybody who still takes him seriously... It, he could fucking do anything and they would still take him seriously. So I don't know, but what the He's fuck a loser, man? man. This dude is a loser. Um, Dave Meltzer is a fucking loser. He's been a fucking loser. And it's almost like, you know, how many times do we have to see, you know, what he does before we just accept like, yo, this dude fucking sucks. Like he, he's fucking terrible at this. He does not care. Uh, in my opinion, I just don't think he really fucking cares about, um, you know, really the business to me. You know, I don't think he cares about the business like that. I think a lot of people look at him as someone who is a historian. I think that's the that's the word that people use to describe him. He's an historian and I, I, I could give two shits, man. I, I look at him and I just see somebody who is not like genuinely not not for the furtherment you know for furthering of this business and i know that people love him and his ratings of the star matches and stuff like that but like when he has an agenda he will force that fucking agenda and it doesn't stop and it's 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 disgusting like he has defended riddle I, you know, and I just don't understand, you know, 
Oh, I like, fucking do. It 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 it's in line with if you listen to his reviews of like during the attitude era, the way he would talk about women's bodies and in a in a their physical appearance and their sexual attractiveness and things like that. It was just in the fucking creepiest, most gross fucking way. I challenge any of you listen to some uh some Conrad Thompson, the show with Bruce Pitchard, where they read excerpts from Meltzer's reviews of any attitude era show that involves women, and you will be fucking disgusted with the way that dude talks about women. So it does not surprise me that he is taking the side of serial sexual abuser fucking Matt Riddle. Not surprising. You know, Dave Meltzer has never ever been somebody that I have respect for. Um and it gets less and less and less respectful. Uh you know, I just have less respect for him as time goes on. Because honestly, it's like it's almost as if I believe Riddle and Dave Meltzer probably communicate often. Maybe not often. I hope so. Because that's <laughs> but what the enough fuck are you that, doing? But it's enough that where I think Davis feels like this is somebody who he considers a you know acquaintance or a friend, he's gonna take up for him, and that's the problem I've always had for Dave. Where it's like, look, I could be a fan of um, of CM Punk. I could be a fan of Kenny Omega. I could be a fan of LA Knight. I could be a fan of a lot of people. At the end of the day, if these people are actually wrong for something they do, they're wrong for something they do. And let's be clear, none of the wrestlers that I am fans of or have been fans of or even been friends with, I never have ever been friends with somebody who's a fucking fucking creep like Matt Riddle, fucking weirdo like Matt Riddle, or fucking rapist, serial sexual assaulter and all this shit. I'm not like friends with people like that. I don't know people like that. I don't communicate with people like that. I remember when people used to like, oh, people were like, people were talking about punk and they were like, oh, at least they're not friends with a fucking like, you know, pedophile or fucking rapist, like, you know, like statutory rapist and talking about Marty Scroll and, and stuff like that. And I remember all this stuff going on. I was thinking to myself, like, this is where we are in wrestling, where people will will overlook certain things because that's their friend or I like this person. This person will be the worst fucking person to everybody else, but because they're nice to you. You're going to give them the benefit of the doubt. That is where I I have an issue because there are people who have been really cool to me and nice to me at points in my life. And then I found out that they're fucking terrible people. And I'm not like, oh, well, they were good to me. No, put that motherfucker in jail. Put like, get these motherfuckers out my face. Like, I don't like you can be nice to me and be cordial. And I don't know who you are. But when I find out who you are, I don't want nothing to do with you. Don't talk to me. I'm not going to take care of you. Matt Riddle does not belong in a major wrestling company. He cannot control his drug habits, his sexual weirdo habits, whatever proclivities. The fuck, yeah, whatever the fuck he is into. And look, let's be clear here. At the DAR Sports and Media Podcast, we've had our experiences. We've done some some wild shit. Not like that. Not like that. This motherfucker's crazy. All Matt with. Riddle, all with full consent and full consent. smiling faces. And now there's rumors that possibly AEW might want to sign him and that 
Matt Riddle could go and be just like how John Moxley was in AEW after he left WWE. But that's not what we're that's not reality. I don't think Tony Khan is actually thinking of touching this Matt Riddle situation. I think you you might see Shelton Benjamin, Dolph Ziggler, Mustafa Ali on AEW slash Ring of Honor slash wherever else. I mean, works I, can with AEW. This, I can cut this out if we need to, but uh, we I mean, we heard. But they're not signing Matt Riddle. They're not. They're not fucking yeah. signing Matt Riddle. There are tons of other wrestlers that they might sign that I disagree with. But <laughs> but, but we were what? told. But we were told they're not signing Matt Riddle. Yes, they're not. I, and because maybe one, we were told by the Magic Eight Ball, maybe we were told by someplace else. Who, yeah, I was told this. I don't think Tony Khan is a big fan of Matt Riddle. If I had to take a guess, I don't think most of the people who work in the office of AEW are big fans of Matt Riddle. Because truth be told, there's not a lot of people that are actually fans of Matt Riddle. <laughs> it's just the reality of it. Like. He's a guy who, but once again, this goes back to my point about WWE to an extent versus, say, an AEW. If a Matt Riddle was an AEW, there would definitely be people who would try to find ways to get him out of there. Whereas in WWE, people kind of let him bury himself. They still went to work. They still work with him, although they didn't like him. They were professional. And that's a difference. There is a difference, I think, in that. Whereas Matt Riddle might not have been a good person. But, I mean, look at who runs WWE or who's the CEO of WWE and who's the fucking head of creative and the Bruce Pritchards, the Kevin Dunn. These are all terrible people. So I, I, it's not like you can I can cast a stone upon Matt Riddle without talking about the rest of the people that work at WWE because they're not really much better. Vince has a fucking history of fucking sexual assault, rape, and all this other shit. Um, so, you know, Kevin Dunn has the history of being a fucking weirdo, too, and Bruce Pritchard has... So WWE was probably the best place for Matt Riddle, uh, you know, in terms of where he worked. I mean, he had a lot of like-minded people there. But I think that's the problem is that in this wrestling business and in any business in general, we don't need that type of people. They don't need those type of people in this business. Like you don't need type of people in the fucking world, really. You fucking weirdos Fuck and no. fucking terrible to your fucking children and like the shit is terrible, bro. And this is the issue that I have with all of this stuff. It's an issue I have with all this stuff. And I'm just kind of like, look. The so-called leading fucking writer, uh, voice behind professional wrestling, quote-unquote journalism, uh, caping for that fucking guy is fucking shameful. It's, it's terrible. And fuck Matt Riddle, fuck Dave Meltzer. I mean, it's a broken record on this show at this point. Fuck Dave Meltzer. You know, Brian Alvarez fucking tell you. Like, it's just ridiculous. Speaking of people who don't need to be in this business, who appear to have have removed themselves from this business, I I don't know if you have any insight or any connection to anybody who has some insight on this whole deal. But this, but but a British indie called One PW had a show booked, had everything set up, wrestlers' travel was set up, etc. These folks canceled the show. Well, didn't officially cancel. Canceled the show, deleted their social media, disappeared. That is insane. Everybody who bought tickets, fucked. Rustlers, fucked. 
Matt Cardona was talking about it on his Twitter. Yeah, just fucking took the money and fucking disappeared overnight. Um, do you know anything about this promotion? Anybody who might have been working the show? Do you have any I... stories from your from your time working creative in indies? Do you have any stories of any crazy shit like this happening? Do you know anybody who was working the show or, or anything about this fucking? Place? No, so I, I, so I vaguely heard a little bit about it. I, you know, I don't even know really the full, full story. Um, I don't have any that's insight right. into I, this. Nobody knows the story because that's that's it. They just disappeared. Yeah, like, just I don't know where everybody's money. Now I will say this: I have in the past working in the indies. I've heard of stories like this. I've seen one not up close because it wasn't the company that I was working with, but there was an indie that was running out of like somewhere in North Carolina, but it wasn't Charlotte. It wasn't Winston-Salem. Uh, it wasn't anything like that. And they were running out of North Carolina. And I remember, uh, I want to say it was like Andrew Everett, Trevor Lee, who was now Cameron Grimes, uh, a couple other guys, they were working for PWX. And I remember them, uh, saying, yeah, you know, we might miss this show uh, next week because we got this booking for this uh, for this place, and we had never heard of it before. And I remember we were all kind of sitting around talking about it. And I remember uh, one of the guys that worked there was like uh, worked at, worked for the company. He's like, I've never heard of that place before. And then you saw like a really shitty flyer, and I was like, oh, where's it supposed to go down at? And he was like, yeah, man, it's supposed to be a big show happening at some armory. In somewhere in North Carolina, and I was like, "Oh, that's cool." I'm like, "What's the turnout gonna be like?" And it's like, "Oh man, like five, six hundred people." And I was like, "Really?" I was like, "At this place, can they fit five or six hundred people in this place?" And the next week came, and Andrew and Trevor and a couple other people were at our building for, for what we were doing. We're like, "Hey, what happened?" He's like, "Dude, we have no idea." And I was like, "What about this armory?" He's like, "It was closed. There's nobody there. It was like a whole bunch of cars, a whole bunch of people, and..." No, but we didn't know the details. Like, we didn't know because we didn't, you know, we just figured, hey, you know, if you can't work, we'll find some, you know, people, you know. You know, we'll find some people to, you know, like, kind of take your spots. And they end up showing up that morning, like, we heard nothing back. Like, we didn't get really paid anything. We agreed, and we were supposed to get our first, you know, our first half, and we didn't get a first half of anything. We didn't get nothing. Yeah, I was just like, wow, bro. Like, <laughs> like that's, that's what's happening. And then but I don't. I'm like I don't. I can't remember the name of the company because it was so insignificant. But other than that, I've I've heard of stories of, of people running off though with with people's with people's bread. You know, I've heard of that. Like people running off. People like it's a crazy man. I really genuinely think it's just crazy. Like that's fucking crazy. And we will update as updates become available. We're just planting the seed of this story now. I'm sure as more unravels, uh, we will have more to follow up on. Uh, with this bullshit, fuck you, whoever fucked it, running that shit over there. His name's out there somewhere. I ain't gonna put, fucking put it out there, but um, not gonna, gonna, gonna give him the credit of having his name set on this fucking show. Piece of shit. So yeah, fuck, fuck him, fuck whoever we'll, that was. We'll, we'll cross from the from the negative over to what I think both of us are pretty fucking positive about. Um, this Wrestle Dream show is looking pretty fucking awesome. I think. What about you? Yeah, I uh, I agree. Um, Wrestle Dream. I, I mean, I'm not gonna watch it, you know, just because of you know where I'm at and and, and I'm gonna be with my child. She could care less about wrestling, so <laughs> so I probably won't watch it. Um, 
but, but maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe like you know when she goes to sleep, I might go back and watch a couple of these matches. But this card is stacked. It is a stacked card, and it has, I think, ten matches. And the funny part is they have yet to say anything about a possible buy-in, which I found to be interesting. And it's on pay-per-view. I like. I don't know the pay-per-view details. Like, has that been listed yet? Like, where you can order it and all those stuff. Like, uh, I, think I haven't seen it yet. Standard. Regular pay- standard yeah, okay. standard BR report. That's where I'll be watching it. Up. Oh. Okay. So. Yeah, so when I look at this card, and also I just want to point out this collision show that's happening later tonight is actually pretty good on paper. Um, Andrade El Idolo versus Juice Robinson, that should be pretty fun. I'm there. Um, <laughs> yeah. um what else? Uh they got the fucking I like that. I've said I said this about a month or so ago, right before all in, and I said this on Twitter. I said they should continue. Doing these all-star eight-man tags the night before pay-per-view. I don't know who was listening to me, because I'm sure other people said it too, but you know, nudge nudge. Maybe somebody listened to me and thought that's a good idea. We should totally keep doing that. Although, you know, this one, this one is gonna be good. I think it's uh FTR, um, Brian Danielson, uh Willa Yuta, I believe. And against what Starks and I can't I forgot who else who who everybody else is, but that's a big main event for Collision just the night before Wrestle Dream. So you got two back to back nights of professional wrestling packed. This is a packed uh, two nights. I, I I'd like to think AW has lost a bit of momentum uh, after All Out, and they I really after All In they lost a little bit of momentum, and they've been trying to get it back. And I think right now Wrestle Dream. Uh, is being carried, dare I say, by a couple of a couple of stories right now, and I think we we kind of just open up a brand new story on Dynamite with this MJF J White saga, and yeah, think, and that's that's an interesting one. Swerve versus Hangman Adam Page, they're knocking this out the park, honestly, man. I I like what Swerve is doing. Um, I think he Swerve was he is, was so fucking good on Dynamite, man. He's, Swerve he's was so making fucking himself, good on Dynamite. Yes, it's, it's he's making himself a fucking main eventer, like a star. I could see him in the AEW World Title picture very, very soon. Speaking of which, in the middle of the show, of course, a cheap plug. If you're listening, speaking of Swerve, Swerve City. Uh, Monteezy from the Swerve City uh, podcast and Teezy's Table. He is a part of, of course, Swerve's crew. That is that is really, that's like Swerve's right-hand man. He is going to be on this show uh, next week when you when you listen to it. We'll also have Cam Hawkins, Seahawk, uh, brother of the show. And it's a possibility we'll have some, uh, some of Teezy's management pop, pop through, too, for a little bit, too, just kind of give an idea of what they got going on as well. Um so I just wanted to take the time to promote that in the middle of the show. We usually wait to the end of cheap plug. But well, hey, this is this is our our number show, and we're right in the middle of the flow right now. So yeah, hell so yeah. Next week to this show. Yes. Peasy Swerve City Podcast Network. Fucking right. Uh it might we'll see how long it goes. It might be its own thing. It might be its own episode, a special drop for you guys in the middle of the week. Or we might put it with weekend wrestling for a mega episode. Still to be determined. Um, yeah, but... you, yeah. I, I have a feeling it's gonna go. I, I got a feeling it's gonna go a little long, just because, like I said, I, 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 I can't say enough, you know, about Teasy. Um, 
TZ just just performed uh, Sammy Guevara out to the ring at Grand Slam. He we actually have some songs together. Um, if you go check out "Welcome to the Playoffs" remix from two. 2022 it's me rich lotta who was also a part of the swerve city crew um montezzi uh sir tizzy uh sir tizzy from baltimore my guy who is also a part of the aew fight forever soundtrack which i can say here possibly is currently under consideration for a grammy nomination so there's a chance you we could be saying the grammy nominated artist uh, on, on top of, of course, the mogul, the owner, or whatever that, that uh, Eric says, owner and proprietor, yeah, and feel like that. So no, I. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot we can talk to TZ about. Um, definitely going to talk about, you know, his feelings on watching his brother Swerve, uh, just completely rise through the ranks. And I just want to point out while we're talking about Swerve, Top Dollar got got released. Hit Road does not really exist anymore. And while this is happening, Swerve is headlining Dynamites with Hangman Adam Page. And, and to be fair, this is Swerve's, in my opinion, this is his first real shot at a main event feud in that's AEW. That's one of the parts about it that's so fucking dope is it really is his first opportunity. It's long overdue. I think this podcast thinks that. And he is just fucking smoking it, just killing it. Like it's such a natural fit. Everything about it. and like and what's just great about it is it's 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 confirmation. It's kind of gratifying even to to folks like us because I've I have fucking known for quite a while that this is where this guy was supposed to be, uh, and I think you have too. And it's just so fucking awesome to see him finally get the carries and take it to the fucking house. To use and some I, football I, terminology. I want to say this briefly, just because it's this is important to me when we talk about swerve. I will always say this, and I'll, I'll mention this. I mentioned this to several people. So I will always mention this. In 20 January of 2014, I was working for a wrestling company in North Carolina. Cedric Alexander was set to be the face of that company. Um and he was, you know, having these, like, he had just had a match with Chris Hero, like, a month before, and he had, like, he started getting buzz, and Cedric was getting buzz, and I'll never forget, we had a three-show three weekend, we used to do two, you know, double shots and triple shots, and I was maybe, like, four or five hundred people at this building in Charlotte, and I didn't know who Cedric's opponent was yet set to be, because we were working on the card, uh for the third night and it ended up being Shane Strickland and I had only briefly heard stuff about you know him at the time and that's when he came out and he was a you know he was a he was much skinnier you know the much skinnier guy now he was a much skinnier guy then and he was like hey he uh he walked up, I think, to to Brian, who owned the company, and said something to him. And he was a really humble, nice guy at the time, which is obviously a world of different from how his character is now and how he seems when he, you know, is in character mode. But he was a very humble, very cool guy. And I remember I remember I was like, man, I've never seen this dude. I didn't know much about him. But I was like, he's gonna fight Cedric tonight. And it was like one of the main events of the show. 
And up until that point, I've seen a lot of great matches live. Cedric and Shane Strickland in January of 2014. If you go to hotspots.com, you can probably find a DVD. I was fucking amazed. And I was like, yo, I don't know what this dude is going to do with his life. Because everybody who came through PWX, not all of them you know, ended up making it. But I was like, yo, this dude has something. Because he was like, he was doing like that lucha shit at that time. He was doing a whole bunch of lucha shit. Like now his style is a little different. He still does it, but it's like, you know, he's more, he's, he's, he's a big time player. So he wrestles like a big time player now. But he was flying everywhere. He was jumping over shit. Him and Cedric was going out there. Lumbar check. Boom. He bounces back up. Boom. It was just like action straight up. And I say, yo, this dude has it. And I, when I watched him go to, you know, was it Lucha Underground? And he was, I was there. I was there for, for his last indie match uh, before he went to WWE, which just so happened to be um, the same weekend as the Ring of Honor show. That I think both of you and I were in attendance uh, at Madison Square Garden. But I went to WrestleCon. He was at WrestleCon. I got to see him go out. And it's like Swerve has gone from being the guy that comes out to Shaka Khan in the indies to coming out to his own, you know, personalized theme and going out there with his own gimmick and got Prince Nana doing the dance. And he's got a whole crew of people that, you know, like all of the homies just, you know, like it, it, it's a dope thing to watch. And I can't imagine if WWE never granted his, him his release, we would never see this type of, of like showing from him because they didn't believe in him. And that's just the honest to God truth about swerve in ww they did not believe in him and now he has someone who believes in him he also helps he has his cousin that also works for uh aw shout out will um you know he has he has to me that's what makes the difference is when you have somebody who believes in you and fully puts their support behind you that's that changes everything and as far as i'm concerned swerve is going to be AEW world champion very soon. And I think it starts with him. He, I think he has to beat Hangman Adam Page at Wrestle Dream. Adam Page and the Young Bucks just took the trios titles away from the Mogul Embassy. Naturally, and also Hangman Page has stabbed the motherfucker in the, in the hand. Like during the contract signing. So it's like everything points to Swerve somehow getting the win. Obviously, he's probably going to cheat to win because he's a heel, but he has to get that win in his home state of Washington. Everything is this is like a this is like the coming out party for, for, for Swerve. And I, like I said, I think if I had to guess, <laughs> you can't see my face right now, but if you could, you'd understand why I'm, I'm, I'm smiling. If I had to guess, it's either going to headline or it's going to be second to last behind the TNT two out of three falls yeah. match, which <laughs> oh, I wonder what's going to happen in that match. Boy, hmm, two out of three falls, Darby and Christian, another Seattle uh, Washington native. Darby say, they're, they're stacking this thing with the Seattle the Seattle crew. They got, they got, I mean, it's crazy because Seattle has three amazing fucking wrestlers. They yeah, are, that's, they, I was just about to say, that's pretty impressive when you sit back and think, and then and Nick Wayne on the way up. 
Yeah, like that's crazy, man. You think about you got Darby, you got Danielson, you got Swerve, and you got young Nick Wayne. Like you got some fucking talent coming from Seattle, and they're all like they're all different wrestlers too. That's what makes it so dope. None of these guys are the same. Darby style yeah. and Swerve style not exactly the same. And and, and so I'm interested. Well, to see and what's that. interesting is both Darby and Swerve have styles that no one else has. I agree. That's part of what makes them fucking amazing is they're both completely different than anything else you will see so hell yeah and, and, and that's the thing I, I i i think russell dream russell dream according to tony khan is the start of a new era in aw um i wish i knew exactly what that means i have heard a few things i would never tell those things but I'm a little nervous <laughs> if these things that I'm hearing are true. I am a little nervous for this new era uh, that he's he's saying. I think um, there's a lot of rumors. There's so many rumors. And I think the problem with these rumors are that a lot of people think Tony Khan should just buy every company that's available. And I don't think that's a good idea. And I think people around Tony Khan also think that's probably not a good idea. Um, uh, hey, I'm cool with it as long as he lets he installs staffs to run them. Yeah, that's not. That's not and okay. we know that that's not. Well, we haven't seen that displayed yet that he has the capability to do that. Um, and I, and I think that's the difference. And that'll that's what really needs to. That's what's really going to change everything, in my opinion. If for for him, is if he actually goes out there and kind of works with other people on the next thing that he has coming up because he can do look man tony khan is a is is you know a genius in his own right i mean i saw the young bucks say something say something on instagram to somebody that they're responsible for changing the business and while i can agree that the elite have a big role in that none of this happens without tony khan having the money and the vision to put all elite wrestling together and i get that he wanted to buy ring of honor i get that he wants to work with the ddts and the you know the new japans and stuff like that i don't think him buying a new japan pro wrestling is a smart idea i just don't think that's a smart idea i don't think that's what the new era is per se i think it might have something to do with the the new japan partnership getting a little more intricate but once again i can't speak fully on that because i don't fully know but um, I think Russell Dream, this is a big weekend for AEW. And a lot of things are set to happen. I think you'll see some some new faces. Uh, some fa- Well, not new faces, some familiar faces. Um, new to AEW. Yeah, I, I think this is going to be a very big weekend for them. And I think once you, you know, losing a a, a you know, a talent such as Jade Cargill, which I think it's become official since the last show we had. I oh, yeah, was, for sure. Yeah. It's become official. They she rolled was training out the at the performance carpet. center this week. Yeah. So they rolled out the red carpet for her. And that is, I mean, that's a topic that we've already talked about, you know, a couple of times. But I think it's very telling that WWE is going full throttle with Jade Cargill. And unlike, a Cody Rhodes who came there and they kind of had to put him through the ringer a little bit. Jay don't have no history 
with WWE prior to her, you know, obviously training with trying to, you know, go into a performance center and training before. She has no history. So they could push her to the moon without any like dusty backlash, <laughs> as Cody has probably got some of it since he got there. So I'm interested to see what they do with that. But also losing Jay Cargill puts a major void in the AEW women's division. So could they possibly have some new faces arrive to bolster the women's division in AEW? I don't know. October is my favorite month, but right behind it, a very beautiful month. A very beautiful golden month. Is the month of May. May. May is my favorite month because that's when my birthday is. Oh, so, there we go. See? <laughs> so that's, that's yeah, it's, it's mine. Um, Yeah, I'll put it to you like this. There's always been this idea to me that AW, despite having a, a, a bunch of amazing, you know, women's wrestlers, they are kind of missing, like, the their own Tory Wilson. And I don't want to, I don't like using that, but like their own Tory Wilson, their Sable was old, was old at the time when she was, so I won't say that, but they're kind of missing that, that uh, the, the woman that appeals to a certain set of, of the blonde bombshell. Yeah, there we go. That's mm. yeah. Uh, good old. I mean, I was going to say good old American, you know, but yeah, yeah. but not, but not this person's not necessarily American. I'm gonna so. get you. I'm, I'm gonna get you out of this. Uh, let me run down the rest of this card. We'll see what else. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, interest yeah. us here. Um, FTR Aussie Open. You know what's uh, so Aussie Open to me for for me for me. And this is it's just how I feel. This doesn't. It's not. I'm not an authority on anything. Aussie Open is kind of one of those acts where I, I'm just like. When I see their names right here, I, I'm just like disinterested or like I just don't get it. Like, right? Because I, I hear so much about, oh my God, they're so great. But then after the fucking bell rings and things get rolling, I'm like, God damn. I expect this match to be fucking crazy. It's going to be awesome. Uh, I think FTR is at their best when they have dance partners who make them just go above and beyond. I watched the uh, the first Aussie Open and FTR match. I was it was great. It was a great fucking match. And I think right now FTR is probably at their peak, you know. Uh in AW right now they they're at their peak. I think they had a great match with the Bucks at All In. Um I did not watch the match at All Out. I think they work. They work very well with the workhorsemen. Uh, I think that's okay. what the name is. Um, yeah. You know, JD JD Drake and, and Anthony Henry, who Anthony Henry's PWX veteran. Uh, you know, so I'm always invested. It's the same thing with JD Drake. I'm not a big fan of JD, but that's more personal than uh, than anything. Um, but Anthony Henry is amazing, and I thought they did good with them too. I think FTR is they just gave shots to two teams that people don't know very well. And they actually had good matches with them. And that's like, they're they're at their peak in terms of their power, in terms of what they're doing, helping out others uh, coming up. So I think Aussie Open, I don't think Aussie Open's winning that match, but I think they'll put on a great show. If Aussie Open wins though, 
I I would be a little surprised because Oh yeah, no, they need to keep this keep this run going and keep uh keep the machine plugged into FTR. You mentioned something that, that I saw some dumbasses on Twitter. Oh, FTR always wrestles people nobody's ever heard of. I'm like, did you start watching wrestling in 2018? You fucking idiot. That's the most one of the most tried and true components of being a great champion is not only your uh, your ability to to perform and get over yourself, but to bring others up to your level as the champion to go in there and give shots to people who are underneath and bring them up to that level or put a shine on them and say, Hey, look how competitive they were with the champions. It's been a fucking concept of professional wrestling for 60 fucking years. Thanks. Goddamn. But you know, I don't, I, you know, I don't know, man. Like I said, I, I am interested to see where this story, you know, the, with, with this, with this thing goes, FTR, I think uh, the next the next thing for them uh, should be the Young Bucks again. I think I think if you look at the teams that are in that uh with that that four way match at Wrestle Dream uh, to win the title shot, <laughs> I hate to say it, but like I have no. So remember FTR and Lucha, and Lucha Brothers had their match like back before, and it yeah. wasn't that it wasn't that great. Like it was a, it was a good match, but it wasn't like a great match. I don't think I want to see them do that again. I, I like I don't feel like the story is there. The story would be there to make it work. I also personally don't want the guns to have another uh, another another title shot right now. Although the BC, uh, you know, BC Gold is they're 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 hot right now. They're, they're killing it, but I don't see that. And Orange Cassidy and Hook, I don't necessarily see that being a team that gets a title shot. But with the way AEW's booking has gone over the last year, there's always a chance they end up winning it. Yeah, that Fatal Four ways is interesting because it's like, like every single team other than that oddball team is it's already been done. It's already been tread over multiple times. Yeah. Um, I kind of would like to see some more new teams in the mix there, but yeah. I think the whole purpose of this, in my opinion, is just to get us one more Young Bucks FTR match in LA. Yeah. But I I I think there's a there's gonna be a tie into this. If I had to take a guy, I I can't I don't wanna like, say this for sure. But I think there's a tie-in here, and I don't know what the exactly what the tie-in is. I have an, an inkling of an idea, but I think they're gonna do that because they did they did a, a big match in front of eighty thousand people in, in in the UK, and I think they want to do a, a a part uh part four at the same place. If I'm not mistaken, didn't didn't their first the first Young Bucks and FTI match take place at Full Gear? I think like 2020. I believe that was full gear 2020. I could be wrong. Uh, I think it was. Let me check. Wasn't that, the, wasn't that the time where it was like hot as fuck outside and like it kind of it was a little bit of a letdown? I feel like that was the case. So that would have been, um, I think it was. It was. It was full gear 2020. So three okay. years yeah. later, why well, not? Well, I think it was unexpectedly hot outside for that time of year. Yeah. Because they had it, it down there in Florida during the panty. Yeah. Yep. Right at Daly's place. Uh, yeah. So. 
I think that's what they want to do. If I had to take a, like a, like a guess, I would assume that's what they're going to do is number four at, you know, three, well, really four years later in terms of pay-per-views, well, three years, but like, you know, it's been four pay-per-views removed since then uh, for full gear. And it kind of makes sense because it's the only way to like, okay, let's close this out with one last classic, like the young bucks win their way back into getting that, that shot to redeem themselves one last time. And and I think that's probably what you're going to get. And I, I, I know how this is going to sound when I say this, but if the Young Bucks put over FTR clean at the in the UK, then naturally in their home state of California, FTR will probably put them over to return the favor and give them yet another title run. That's the what the expectation would be. So it's a yes. perfect time to maybe do something else because the elite might still be Ring of Honor trios champions by that point. It might, although I don't know when final battle is. Yeah, true, true, true. That's going to play a role as well. But whenever final battle is, I hope you all are ready because <laughs> because the match that was initially planned for the the hangman and the young bucks probably going to happen at final battle that's right alex reynolds john silver evil uno are probably going to dethrone hangman adam page and the young bucks as ring of honor trios champions i am 90% sure that this is the plan because AW does not give up on their plans. When they want to do something that people don't necessarily want, they'll eventually circle back to it and do it. Um, but yeah, I, I think the Young Bucks should win. I think FTR should retain. I think we should get it in the number four. Um, it sucks, obviously, that CM Punk is not there because I think Full Gear would have been an excellent time to do FTR versus the Bucks four and a CM Punk versus Kenny Omega because I believe Kenny Omega is finishing up his story with Don Callis at Wrestle Dream. Please, God. I actually don't dislike anybody in that whole thing. I, I actually like everyone that's in there. They're all great. They're all but, great wrestlers. Man, yeah. this has just been a, a fucking disjointed mess, man. I love the idea of like the Don Callis family, and I love, you know, it's like, it's like, I love all the components. It's like a meal. Like, I love all the components, but it's just, been such a cluster getting it all together that's just like i'm just ready to move on um i love the idea of the don callis family and pushing all those guys as a group um yeah with callis being a heat magnet um but yeah i'm just just very ready for this to be over yeah i think omega has kind of saddled himself down you know saddled himself a little bit with um I'm you trying know, to see some, some Kenny Omega versus Swerve at the next fucking pay-per-view or something like that. You know, it's funny. I would fucking rock. <laughs> funny. My, my my thought was with Hangman and the Bucks yes. being trios champs. Yes. I could see Swerve beating Hangman and say, you weren't even the one I was really got my eye yeah. on. Yeah. Big fish. I think that would be great. Um, You know, I I, I would love to see that. And I think. Omega needs a he needs a singles feud like an actual singles feud uh, because we haven't been so long since we've seen him in one. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's always a chance Omega 
fights someone else at full gear, mm-hmm. even if he is wrapping up his Don Callis family thing. Um, but like I said, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, I think the, the Jericho and the uh, Ibushi and Omega match. Um, the one thing I thought is interesting that Ibushi got beat down, right? He got beat down by the Don Callis family um, on Dynamite, I believe. And so that calls into question, will Ibushi be 100% in this match? Will he even make it to this match? And if he doesn't make it to this match, hmm, maybe the two Canadian boys, Jericho and Omega, need to find somebody else to replace Kota Ibushi on short notice. Hmm, wonder who those two can Canadian boys could find. Who they hmm. can make a phone call to. Hmm, I wonder. Hmm. So there's a chance. I think that's what they're doing here. Also, I just want to point out for people who did not know, the pre-sale code for Wrestle Dream when it went on sale was Edge R95. Um, for those of you who don't understand, uh, obviously we know who Edge is. Uh, rated R superstar would probably be the R. 1995 is the year that that same man made his debut in professional wrestling. Um, he sent his tape into WWF in 1995. Big, bad, Sexton, Hardcastle. It's so interesting, though, right? Because let's say this is true, right? Let's say this was deliberate. Let's say this is deliberate. Why in the hell would you make it the pre-sale code for WrestleDream? This is, like, I... And if that was the case, think about how long this has been planned. Yeah, that's pretty fucking bold. <laughs> so I say I say that to say I think 90, 98% of wrestling fans at this point have accepted that Edge is probably going to AEW. Um, I think we can talk about it freely because, I mean, everybody's talking about it. I said a year ago on Twitter, Edge is eventually going to make his way to AEW. It was talked about among several circles that Edge would call his friends, watch what they're doing in AEW, and say to himself, this is something that I want to see, I can do, I can see myself doing. And I think 100%, it, it makes sense. However, I'm just curious to see what they would have him do when he arrives. There's two ways you can go. It's really two or three ways you can go about this, right? He could always show up after the Christian Cage Darby Allen match, he could always show up to help out uh, the Golden Elite in Jericho if something happens to Ibushi, which could lead to possibly Kenny Omega versus Edge at some point, which I know is one of the biggest reasons why Edge wants to come to AEW. He wants to wrestle Kenny Omega. Um, someone also said that Adam Copeland could be the Adam that helps MJF against the Righteous um, with with his tag team championships. I don't know if that's the case. All I know is that I know we'll see Edge soon in AEW, possibly Wrestle Dream. I can't confirm nor deny any of that, but we, we know he's coming. It's pretty obvious at this point. And I don't know, man. Uh, if he shows up, I would like 
to eventually see him wrestle Kenny Omega. Um, but I will say this: if if Kenny Omega wrestles Edge in AEW, then he could have fucking wrestled CM Punk in AEW before CM Punk was gone. I just want to point that out. All that bullshit about oh, can Punk keep up? Can Punk keep up? Edge was not the fastest motherfucker in the ring when he was in WWE. He was having slow ass matches with Randy Orton when he first came back. The slowest. Um, <laughs> you know, so I just think like, you know, but like I said, what's done is done. CM Punk is moving on to other things, possibly. Other things. Um, I you know, Survivor things. Series has always been one of my favorite shows. It just so happens to be in Chicago this year. Survivor Series is always it's always an interesting show. I wonder if it'll be interesting this year. Um it should I, be. Something what I find interesting, uh, probably the one I'm looking forward to the most. Outside of Christian and Darby, which I think has match of the year and all over it. Um, I'm looking forward to Hangman Page and Swerve, of course. FTR, Aussie Open. I'm really interested to see what they do with this Chris Stantlander-Julia Hart match. Um, I've been a mm. huge, 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 huge advocate for Julia Hart for a very long time. Um, very sweet, like awesome her. girl. I've interacted with her on Twitter a lot. Um, I, for my money, best entrance in the fucking in the industry right now. Has really picked up her game in the ring. Um, I think the act with with uh, Brody walking or menacing behind her is fucking excellent. Um, she had a fucking banger match with uh, Willow Nightingale Wednesday night. It's interesting uh-huh. because it feels like they just... It feels like, and it's because I don't think they've utilized her quite the way that they should, but it feels like they just put this belt on Statlander. But then how do you how do you not capitalize on the momentum of Julia Hart right now? I'm interested to see which way they go with that. I unfortunately believe Julia Hart is going to take the loss here. And the only reason why is because I think there's another feud waiting for Chris Statlander after this. One that I thought it would have happened by now. But uh, she hasn't come back yet. So, when she does, <laughs> um, I would assume Statlander will be the first person she feuds with. And I'm obviously talking about Thunder Rosa. So, I think Thunder Rosa returning to take on Julia Hart doesn't have the same oomph. Even though that was that. That would be, be a, cool too. Be a great fucking cool. match. Yeah. And if you want to bring uh, Thunder Rosa back as a face, because Julia's kind of doing the heel heelish thing, that would be cool too. So I mean, they could go either way. Um, but it's AEW, and they have a tendency to like slightly build up their women just to feed them to whoever whoever the champion is. And I don't know who's gonna win. I will say the Julia Hart and Brody King thing is interesting because you, I would think she would also do well to have Malachi Black or Buddy Matthews also by her side, but well, she I wonder would, what's going on there. But, uh, yeah. I wonder what's happening there. Stuff and things. Know. Stuff and things. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Something's a little funny there. Um, but no, I, like I said, I think Julia Hart is great. Uh, she's grown on me. You know, I remember when she had the cheerleader gimmick, I was like, this is never going to work. And when she got with House of Black, it was just like, obviously, the House of Black turn took forever. Which is, I, I was like adamantly annoyed by that because it took her so long to leave the fucking what was it the uh, 
the, the Griff Garrison and uh, Brian, Brian Pillman yeah. Jr. It, it took her forever to leave them, but like once she got with the House of Black, she it worked. It fit her. And even though she is like a, I think the cheerleader gimmick was like real, like really how she is in real life, maybe. But the the House of Black gimmick suits her, and I think the type of person she is is just the uh, you know, it, it's a it seems like a contrast because she's such a nice girl. She's like a really nice girl in real life. Yeah, no, she's great. So, you know, I think so. I think it's such a contrast and it's such a fun character that it makes it even better. So if her, Julia wins. Her I, match I mean, on on Collision did the highest numbers of anything this last week. Not surprised. So the, so the, so the thing is over too. It's working, and I think it's great because once you possibly get um, Malachi Black and Buddy Matthews back, I think you have another popular element to the House of Black with Brody King getting over a bit as a singles, which I think we could. I'd love to see some Brody King singles matches. Uh, two with Julian in his corner. Fuck yes, he was in my match of the year, twenty twenty two. I think I would love to see them move to a new phase, like right, they did the trio thing, but now they can do a new phase where each of them is stirring up shit for a belt in all the respective divisions. Like you have I Malachi agree. going for the world, you have uh Buddy going for the international, you have uh Brody, Brody going for the TNT, TNT, fucking, and then and then Julia's going in the women's. Like I think that would be the next fucking phase to put them in to where they would all break apart but all come back together at the same time and, and i'm glad we can have it in different divisions i'm glad you mentioned uh malachi going for the world title because we have an article that is dropping tomorrow well it's still been out by now but i was with my daughter so i didn't post it but um uh an article going up asking is a possible mjf versus malachi black feud something we'd like to see down the line i thought about it and uh shout out to jay stringer he's he's really brand new to the site he just took the you know he kind of took the initiative and just started sending articles i you know i've never (laughs) i never asked him to he just started doing it so shout out to him but uh he raised a question he he said mjf has never had as a face he doesn't have a a a heel that can really get under his skin like maybe a lot of a ton of great fucking material there's so much him there. to work with, yeah. And so, and Malachi finally getting the title match he was promised by Tony Khan two years ago when he signed. I mean, it works out well. So maybe for winter is coming. I think that would be a lot of fun if, of course, the Jay White MJF thing wraps up by full gear, which I think it will. Um, just because there's obviously a December pay per view that because we're going to the model of more pay-per-views i don't think you i don't think you'll have a pay-per-view in january um but there will be one in february i believe um which could be revolution or could not be revolution uh so i think they i think they should they should get this jay white mjf thing over i don't think jay white's winning the title um but i would love to see uh malachi versus mjf especially through december and have brody you know I don't know who MGF is gonna have teaming up with him or or like, a, but he's gonna have to find some friends, right? He that's his gimmick right now. I don't. I only have one friend. That's all I need is one friend. One friend, and the House of Black would make him have to find someone. Maybe Adam Cole be healed by then. I doubt it. But um, there's there's there, and even that that's a whole story too. Which um, I want to ask you though about how do you feel about the match that was just added 
which is the Ricky Starks versus Willie Yuta match. So I think that's a good one, but interesting. So it's going to be a good match. Um, I, I, both guys, when they when they once that bell rings, once they get like cracking, it's going to be good. I've actually really enjoyed the very stunted, but like very like ferocious and intense build that this has had. Like the promo was fucking excellent the other night. The them mm-hmm. them going back and forth on Twitter has been fucking hilarious. Um, I love that they both threw themselves at like a very small build, and I think this is going to be a really good, really good match on on Saturday, Sunday, excuse me. You know, I think, I think the one thing that sticks out to me in this personally is, I think Ricky Starks was going to fight John Moxley, or he, or at some point that's where it was leading to, maybe from full gear. So I think Willa Yuta is just there to give Ricky Starks a, a victory, essentially. The match is just to give Ricky Starks a victory, and he, because he needs one, he just lost to Danielson twice. So he needs a victory over somebody. And maybe we can get Ricky Stark versus Claudio in a singles match down the line, too. Um, I think Ricky Stark needs some more, uh, a little bit more of a win. You know, he's only had, I think the only big win he's had singles-wise in the last couple of months is what that one over Punk. I think that's the only one, uh, is the, uh, the, the Owen Hart final. So, um uh, interested to see what Ricky Starks does. I think it'll be a good match. I think it'll be kind of exciting to see these two, you know, two younger, two younger guys kind of go at it. Two people who are positioned as like not pillars, but you know, kind of like the next wave of guys who AW put a lot of faith into. So, uh, speaking of speaking of that, uh, Eddie Kingston just announced he signed for four more years with AW. And he has a match on Wrestle Dream against Shibata for the Ring of Honor World Championship and the New Japan Strong Openweight Championship. I think this match has a chance to be really good as well. Um, I was a little shocked that this was the match that they went with for Wrestle Dream, personally. Same, uh, just because, same. You know, I, I don't think Shibata needs to lose right now. But I also don't see how they're gonna put both two titles on the guy. Yeah, I, I don't like because he already has what the pure championship. Yeah, and, and I, it's no knock on Shibata. I just don't think. I mean, can we be real? It doesn't make around? sense. I don't think. I don't think his his medical situation is no. Uh, um, so good for him to be a, a a triple champion carrying a brand. Yeah, I, I don't get that one. Um, and like I said, I don't think he needs to lose. So I didn't really understand that, but um, as long as they have a good match and, and Kingston somehow finds a way to win, uh, then I'm cool with that. But uh, it's interesting. Like I said, I, I don't know. It's an interesting match. Um, I don't think it'll be bad, man. I don't think it'll be a bad match. I think it's just confusing. Um, there's a lot of things that are confusing sometimes when it comes to AEW. Nothing more confusing than the Ring of Honor World Tag Team championship match <laughs> i was gonna not even bring it up but you're not gonna let me off the hook <laughs> hell no look i'll say this but hell no look i don't dislike the righteous i don't really care about them. don't dislike them i just don't understand why we keep doing this ring of honor tag team thing where somebody wins a, a match or a battle royal and it's always like the most random team 
the kingdom was right there two times in a row. And I think what happens is now that Adam Cole is hurt, we really don't have anything to go off of anymore with this feud anymore. So we don't know what's happening with the uh, the Max and Adam Cole and the Kingdom and Roddy Strong stuff. I, I don't know how this is going to play out, though I will say the cliffhanger from Dynamite did a really good job of getting people to talk. Um, but I, I don't like the idea of a handicap match for a tag team championship. I don't know what is going to happen in this match. I assume the Righteous are gonna win they better they're gonna look like a couple of fucking bums so i assume they're gonna win and max is just not gonna have enough in the tank and but i i I don't like this i don't like it i wanted the kingdom to be the be the team that he faced and lost to because it fit the storyline the righteous being a random addition into it didn't make any sense and i'm not really excited about that um but the one match we have yet to mention and discuss is Brian Danielson versus Zack Sabre Jr., which was the first – this was the match that sold the show, essentially yeah. is what it is. So it was the first match announced. Uh, it's it's a huge match. Brian Danielson, Zack Sabre Jr., dream match for many. I Danielson has said he does not want to close the show. Um, he just he said he never wants to close a HW pay per view again, especially after what happened at uh, Forbidden Door, trying to follow Osprey and Omega. So I don't expect this match to actually close, but to me, it is. It'd be fucking sick if they opened the show with it. <laughs> I would, I would like that'd be fire. But I would love to see. I want to see this match. I hope they get 20, 25 minutes. I think Danielson is. Close to fully healed. He has not stopped wrestling. Although he is not fully healed, he has not stopped wrestling. Man, it's just put on two two fucking match of the year candidates back to back. That's all. He's fucking insane. And he's wrestling tonight on collision the night before. (laughs) Like, Danielson is insane. He's insane. But I think this match has the chance to be one of the greatest technical wrestling matches we've ever seen. And and especially in a long time, and I'm anxious to see how it turns out. Um, I mean, Danielson went out there with Starks and put on a fucking classic. I can't see him not going out there with Zack Saber Jr. not putting on. I can't see them not putting on a classic. So excited to see this match. I think it is the match that. Danielson, I think it was the one he wanted. It was supposed to happen last year at Forbidden Door. So um, we didn't get that match at Forbidden Door because of his uh, his injury. And it's interesting. I'll ask you, Eric, this is in one question. I forgot Rampage is on tonight. Totally forgot Rampage is on. Uh, but anyway, so I'll ask you this. Brian Danielson is winding down his career. This, his words. What matches do you think are left for him in AEW that we have not seen yet that you want to see? Oh, we haven't seen yet. Has he wrestled Darby yet? No. 
There you That's go. That's the one that is. Especially if, uh, you know, sometimes Danielson can, Eddie, a lot of people used to say about Eddie Guerrero when he wanted to, he was a small guy who worked like a big guy. And at times when, when Danielson takes the right, uh, you know, trajectory and with with whatever he's portraying if he's portraying a heel danielson kind of works like that too where he kind of works like a bully even though he's small and i think that bully style against darby would be fucking phenomenal i agree no i i agree um there's a there's a couple there's a couple things that i uh, would like to see darby is the main one i'd like to see danielson and swerve um so basically, the, the the two Seattle guys, right? I think that's yeah. <laughs> that that that's what I would like to see. Um, I it, it, I I think getting to see him, I'm, it sucks for me because the one match that I really wanted to see in AEW was him and Punk once more. I know we've seen it countless times. Has I he, really wanted to see that. Has he ever gone against Osprey? No, that is another one. That's another one. That one. Um, the mountain goat against the billy goat, fucking. That's a that's a classic. That's a classic. And it would be win. another, you know, case of Osprey. I, well, he called him out in his fucking promo. Mm-hmm. Well, so there you go. That would be fucking. That's a big pay per view showdown. I feel. I feel like Danielson is going to do if if Osprey ends up in AEW next year. I think that Danielson during his final year is he's going to do it. I think he's. He's gonna have, do Oh, that that's he's for sure doing it. Um. I will say this, that if Osprey ends up in AEW, I don't even think it's an if. <laughs> I, it it, I do it not. sure didn't seem like it from the trajectory of that fucking promo that he cut. It didn't yeah, seem like I it don't was an if. I don't, I don't think it's an if at all anymore. I think it's kind of a formality. One match with Danielson that I'm surprised um, that we haven't kind of got. And I mean, I think... It's a match that, you know, Moxley just finished a feud or a brief brief feud with Orange Cassidy, and they had a, a fucking great match against each other at All Out to close the show. I actually think Danielson and Orange Cassidy could have an even better match. Yeah, than he had a Danielson a Danielson Orange Cassidy match where where Danielson's pissed. You know, I would love to see that. I would love to see that. So, like I said, there's there's a lot of there's a couple matches left for Danielson in AEW. I think the beauty of Danielson in AEW is that he's wrestled just about everybody you'd expect him to because he's wrestled all the fucking time, <laughs> and yeah. he's still wrestling all the fucking time. So, um, yeah, I, I I'm anxious to see if, like I said, I, I know for a fact we'll get a swerve Danielson match. I I'm pretty sure we'll get a probably the next go round in Seattle we'll probably get a Darby and Danielson match or something like that um I think we'll get an orange Cassidy I think he he said he's winding down this next year but I think he'll you know I, I think he'll give us he'll give us what we want no get and, that get that meme out or that that clip mm. Cody Cody Rhodes taught me how to lie I love lying <laughs> you know I, the funniest shit about all this to me is that Danielson is not like he should not still be this good and this fluid at the at the at the wear and tear. Getting fucking better, man. It's just crazy. It's it's just it's just crazy. And 
the last thing I'll say about Russell Dream and anything, any future implications after Russell Dream, I just want to say, if there is a God that exists, the one thing I ask this God is that you never, ever, ever, ever give me a Chris Jericho versus Adam Edge Copeland feud in AEW. <laughs> I don't ask for much. I do not want that. That is it. That is all I can say. I don't want Edge versus Chris Jericho in AEW. That's that's all I can say. Well, all I can say. Crazy things have been happening for Dana Bryson. He keeps getting better. Brian Danielson, excuse me. Crazy things and continuing to get better is what DAR Sports Media is doing. An album out next week, I believe. And then at the end of the month, two albums coming up. We got TZ next week. Uh, go ahead. Lay it out for us. Well, there's two things here. So, obviously, everybody knows the Comeback Trail is still out right now on all music platforms. Of course, Straight Out of a Comic Book is also out. The platform, myself, and, of course, Shaka Apollo, my brother, we have a seven-song EP. And let me just say, we, we rapping. We rapping. None of that TikTok shit. None of that, like, you know, silly shit that y'all be listening to or some, or some of y'all be listening to. Not not the people who listen to this show. But we got real raps. We got real life shit. Uh, it's, it's something we created. This is this is the first ever project that I recorded in Atlanta. So um, so it's the first, you know, I recorded my part in Atlanta. Apollo recorded his part in Baltimore. It will be out next week, probably the day after we do uh the the tz tz show um or maybe the same day um you know you never know with these distribution things so and of course we got got mon tz tz jones my guy he is um he's bouncing back after he has some he has some rough stuff happen of course uh last couple months but he's bouncing back he's you know he, he just did grand slam he's uh he's hosting a uh a battle rap event um in October with all wrestling bars and he's supposed to be hosting a battle there. So we're gonna ask him about that too. We got my guy, my dude Cam C Hawk. He's gonna be a special guest co-host with myself and Eric on that. Uh I'm you know this week is gonna be a big week. There's a lot of great things coming. Uh not only from DAR but from, from professional wrestling in general. We will have a nostalgia hour soon. I fully believe we'll have a nostalgia hour for you soon. Working that out. Um, NBA training camp starts next week. So you'll be seeing more NBA content. Of course, you know we got football this week. Um, week four. And, of course, we'll get into some week five stuff next week. Obviously, we'll probably have an NFL pod as well. Talk a little bit about what's going on with that. But... That is about it. I'll pass it back over to Eric because you know how we end this thing off. So. I will tell you guys as well. 
those nostalgia hours might be getting pretty interesting here in the next month or two. Mm-hmm. Be on the be on the lookout. Be on the lookout because world of DAR media never stops. My movement and my mental kept my wins low. Yeah, I'm supposed to prove how copping a fill on greatness helped me imprison the notable opposition that's trying to spark with my vision. I'm wine Asian. Later, low, I show call with time. It's like emotional, been coachable and learn from my old heads. I treat being amazing like an emergency code red. Can raise your name and pimp the game and not keep that whole fed. My first book was to come up. The sequel reeks of the Monet like Ghost Kid. I paved the way. On top of that, I laid a gravel path. Very generational curses to that. I raised a glass. Grew a family garden we all eat and we wave the flag trying to run the store not just make the bag i hate to brag about a victory if history tells me that i lost the war can't just focus on the battles that's who's small i need the larger picture the bigger the more it's vivid slow the shade in five nine seconds under a minute you finish chains only the strongest and weakest link and rapping that's the job ain't as easy as people think i was on the brink drove the overeating drink throwing everything at this career except the kitchen sink every limestone rubbish Websites won't publish. Somehow this dope without a controlled substance. But everybody fronting and won't nobody back you. Everyone you rap to was telling you you that dude trapped between two worlds. Slowly getting ripped apart. Just hoping that this is the start of my redemption arc. I was trying to live the part. Show the industry my heart. But they get the smelling blood when you swimming with the sharks. And that's when I decided I wasn't gonna follow rules. Got back to my roots just like Apollo Crews. I'm a team steady winning every day. We got some news. Parker Lewis on them fools. Trust me, I'm not gonna lose. Let's go. Trusted a maze of certain dominance Just to get paid, what could you say? I work for all of this Really a chapter full of confusion Bruce's lacerations on this plantation full of seclusion In a world of assumptions, guess I'm full of conclusions Recruited through every student English that was improved Including my own way of life Trite starts and compartments Harder for blacker artists On bats we saw some targets The bullseye was knowing my passion Truly engulfed me, but could I? Put words into action Moving too faulty like should I?